Sangin Podcast would like to appreciate everyone who has listened and watched our episode. On behalf of the podcast, we would like to encourage every one of you to follow and subscribe to us using whichever medium you choose to listen to us. This increases our outreach and makes us bring bigger and better guests for amazing stories. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sangin Podcast today. I'm joined by the amazing Lynette Rossi, all the way from Uganda. She's here to take part in our latest edition of our Friends Chat edition. Lucy, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, JP. First of all, I'm really humbled and honored that I can make appearance on the Sangin podcast. Um, I see what you're doing and it's amazing. And for me to be hosted here, it's it's such a pleasure. Thank you're you. Welcome, you're welcome. Okay, yeah. um, first things first, I shall ask my guests this question. Mm. For those who don't know you, how would you describe Lucy? Who's Lucy? Okay, so I'll just reintroduce myself again. So my name is Lynette Lucy Mbanza, um, born and raised in Uganda. Um, I'm a tax and accounts associate. I currently work at a law firm. I will not disclose which law firm. Um, I'm an outgoing person. I'm a people person. I, I, I mean, I believe that's all, that's all that's there for me. I don't think I need to go into the nitty-gritties of how old I am, where I've studied, what degree I have, all those things. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. on top of that, I'm a family-oriented person. Um, I spoke about that because it's a festive season. I, so many people, that's what they look for it too. But for me, any time to spend with family is very it's it's always a good time uh yeah i talked about how outgoing i am i'm also very bold and very outspoken tricky question i always find this question very hard to um answer yes i think i've tried actually uh so are you a a believer you haven't said that oh, oh yes yes i'm christian i don't know how i forgot to put that out i'm christian uh born again christian um, but find people to misinterpret what born again Christian is because nowadays we have, um, you know, the things nowadays have taken a turn. Yeah, but when I say born again, is because I mean I accepted the uh, Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. So yes, I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah. Um. Recently, we're both in Uganda, and uh, there are a lot of things that I kind of observed in Uganda. Uh, especially when it comes to you know how society is um religion is playing a big role there as i highlighted on um yeah i see a lot of betting betting had come too much i almost every kilometer was a betting betting place and yeah. um you could also sense a lot of distrust with the government um uh, so just i just want to ask you if someone asks you, Lucy, mm. what's happening in Uganda? What would you say? Hey, well, what's happening in Uganda is that people are partying, 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 and partying, and partying. In Uganda, never stops. Like, you'd expect so many people to be in their villages right now. But no, you'd expect bars to be empty, restaurants, lounges, whatever. And they are not empty. 
so for partying it's a constant it never stops and that's also like a plus side but right now what's um i mean it's a festive so people are kind of just calm of course when it's a festive season there's kind of like a high crime rate everyone's looking for christmas money even if they are to use the wrong you know go through wrong ways and use wrong means to do that they'll do that so um what else is happening in uganda right now i mean things have been on a low low uh a lot of construction works going on that's like in the transport uh, road transport sector um as we prepare for that conference that's going to happen in january no people come by the way people are really really calm i think it's because it's the season but mm. going back to what you said about like distrust in the government all that i mean that happens considering the situation um i don't want to dwell so much into politics but for now me me one of the reasons i'd give is the fact that we don't have a succession plan as Ugandans, like Ugandans, like we wouldn't know who is. I mean, you see how Kenya power at some point was divided between the two families. You know, the Kenyatta family, the Odinga family. So that was like a, a succession plan. But for us, we we're just we, we know um, the current president. Yes. Then there's rumor that the son may be running for 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 office. That's just a rumor. No one knows, but it's just a rumor. Mm. Then we have power, noop, um, and I mean, before the last election, there was a lot of chaos, a lot of chaos. So the that uncertainty, of course, has to happen because people do not know what to expect. We don't know if uh, the current president will run for office again. So things are just, it, it's just in the air. No one really knows what's going on. And then, of course, when it comes to religion, Religion, religion. Actually, I don't even think. Okay, most most Ugandans are actually in religion. Than, um, of of course, of course. Um, that that's not even that's not even something someone thinks about. Someone, most people are pagan. Yeah, mm-hmm. most people are pagan, but they're really? they're not atheists. Yes, yes. Most people in Uganda and are pagan. I would say that. I would wow. say that because I don't. I I don't. I don't think that. Um. People, people really understand what being a believer entails, yeah? And some people just go to church because there's a wedding, so I'm in church and I've prayed. That's according to them. Or there's a christening and I'm in church. Or we have a family Thanksgiving in church. So there are so many avenues whereby you'd find yourself having to go to church, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't I wouldn't classify them as atheists, but I would say pagans. Quite a number of people are pagans and, and most are believers. So there's those that you know, we have so many religions in Uganda. So Christianity, Islam, and Christianity of course breaks down into so many things. You have the seventh days, you have the Jehovah Witness, you have the Anglicans, the uh, Catholics, and then in Christianity also at the um Pentecostal churches. So there's all that, yeah. And yeah, and also there's still that aspect of people that are into the Africanicity of things. I would say that um, people that still define that as African culture. So there are those that worship small gods, 
and practice sorcery and all that stuff. Yeah, there's still that section of people. Okay, yeah. someone listening to this podcast uh, in mm-hmm. Uganda would say that, but really, Lucy, when they, whenever, when someone is just strolling through Kampala, one thing mm-hmm. they can't miss here is church. And even when you go to the radios, the TVs, there's church channels, church this. It's like religion mm. is being taking a, a big, big role, you know. Yeah, but for me, I don't look at it as um, me. I think it's just a profit um, making scheme, according to me, to be honest. Because, and I'm not going to look at traditional churches. I feel like traditional churches are trying their best to kind of serve God and serve their people as opposed to the Pentecostal churches. Um, and of course, every place has its flaws. Every place has its issues. Yes, but for me, it's the, I just feel like it's a profit-making scheme because all they're mm. going to be talking about churches is paying your tithe, paying your offertory. And there are some churches that are not leaving churches. Like, for example, there are some churches that if the pastor woke up today and died, the church would not stand no more. They're, you know, I mean, we've seen, I think it was, was it Pastor Taiga that passed on? And because the church had to stay, they had to make the son the lead pastor in the church. And this is someone who wasn't groomed for that kind of lifestyle. But now because the church has to make money, this, this and that. And we've had, I mean, I think document, um, NTV once put up a documentary of uh, the fake churches in Uganda. And there were people that were confessing to all these things, like all these miracles that are performed. And I'm not saying every church, but most of the churches, yes. All these miracles that were being performed were just fakes. They pay people to come and say all these sorts of lies. And let me tell you something. People are desperate. People are desperate in that they think that, yes, me going to this pastor to pray for me is going to solve my problem. Or they've heard from so-and-so. And, you know, when you find people at their weak- weakest, it's very easy to manipulate them and take advantage of them. And that's why for me, I'm always like, just seek good for yourself, but you don't have to trust in a human being. And I'm always like, if this pastor has gotten the anointing, yes, from God, what makes you any different that you can't get it from God, that you can't pray to God to reveal to you certain things? So you're able to kind of enable yourself to pray and deal away with all the troubles that you have. For me, it's just a, a, a money-making scheme. All these pastors are so damn rich. It, it's their kids that are studying abroad. And I'm not saying that, oh, it's a bad thing that they are privileged, but I think they've deviated from what God actually intended for them to do. And they are just now very greedy and looking at how much money they can actually extort from their followers. Yeah, that's what I think. Wow, wow. I, I think me and you in that aspect, we share the same point of view. Usually, I thought to understand most of the churches, like, the big, big churches, especially those led by singular pastor. Mm. Um, but um, I also want to ask you on this question. Um, do you think in, in that aspect, do you think that the reason why there is this, as you say, the profit-making religion stuff is because mm. poverty is high or right back home? Of course. Of course, um, poverty... Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, poverty has to play a, a, a play a role in this. 
But also, I just feel like the government needs to come in and do some sort of regulation when it comes to these churches. Because to be honest, some of these churches tell people to do ridiculous things. And you're just like, okay, what's what's going on? You know? And um, I mean... I, I I mean, at a certain point, if someone is told that, ah, man, you know, if we start a church, do you know how much money we can make, what not, someone would opt for it. And then they'll come and say the Lord has given them the power. And then, of course, also we have issues of so many people that are not learned and exposed. And me, mm. that's what I... Yes, of course, it's not that everyone that goes to these churches did not go to school or they are not exposed. There are some exceptional cases, uh, but most of the people, when you like, if you look at the congregation and the things that they, they are dealing with, you really see that these people have so many problems in that now they don't even know what to do. But just because they were told pastor so-and-so can help you, they just go. And they're like, oh, you need this amount of money to be prayed for. They pray for them. Uh, are they giving the money so that apparently they can get healed? So I, mean, I think it's also an issue of lack of exposure and a lot of desperation of um, people. Of course, even the poverty. There are those that go to church thinking that, oh, I'm going to get rich. And they forget that they need to work so hard to make that money and rather than spend time in church praying good. Because good also helps those that help themselves. There are those people that are always desperate in charge. Oh my God, me, I'm praying. I need to get a car. I need to do this. But all the time, the time they would have used to make money to buy that car, they are spending it in charge. So yeah, but I think also the government needs to come up. I think there was something about that. They need to kind of find a way of regulating these churches because it's become too much. It's become too, too much. But also, I think it's not only a Ugandan problem. It's an African problem because there's so many other countries that are also facing this whole rise of you know pastors and the churches and then when you look into their wealth you're just like okay wow but then when you look at what they've done for society it doesn't even equate to or amount to all that they have gained from the society indeed 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 um my next question would be according to you what are the challenges the Ugandan youth currently experience, like the main yeah. one. Mm, but of course, the main one is in black and white unemployment. <laughs> unemployment. Mm. Mm? It's so serious. It's really, really serious. Uh, for me, I'm just privileged that after campus, like even right before I graduated, I was able to get a job, and you know, but so many people, mm. so many friends of mine okay so many people that i know was still struggling or are still struggling to get a job to find a job and i mean at at this point it's not even a thing of you want a job in your field you just want a job you know but even mm. that unable to get if it was a thing of like okay i need to be in the accounting profession so i need to get a job in the accounting field blah 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 and you're sitting at home just waiting on that opportunity it would make sense but even just small small jobs it's not easy to get and um also i think the lack of mentorship programs is also one of the issues i feel like if the youth were mentored straight up from like high school campus you know so that you know people kind of get into get the feel of what they're actually getting themselves into i think the youth would be much much better off 
also for mentorship on other things, entrepreneurship, you know, all those other things. I feel like there's not so many um, programs that are offered to the youth. But of course, the major, major issue is unemployment. The biggest issue is unemployment. People sit home for like two years waiting on a job. And it's not that they're not even doing the necessary work. They are doing, they are applying every day. So yeah, that, that that's the major issue. Hey, when it comes to unemployment, I usually ask myself, is it the problem of the education system? Or is it the problem of just, okay, there's this thing of nepotism where the few just hold the jobs and keep it their family. But uh. I, I just believe it's education system because I feel like if you, if you, the way we are taught so much in Uganda, you, you read this, read this, you cram, 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 cram. But then mm. when you're in the field, you can't like create yeah that's true that's true the education system of course has a a role to play in this i don't i don't think it's it's the major reason or like it's what we sh um what everyone should blame okay i don't think you should take the blame for everything it's of course on the top top five if i should say but i think of late they are trying to reshape the education system in a way they're trying to reshape the education system but then again even though they do that i don't think that it's going to solve a problem i don't think like you say there's nepotism there's tribalism there's all these things but then again it's not that all the jobs are held by like this one person or this this and that like no it's just that um, i don't think there's so many um employment opportunities and most of them that could be available may not even be relevant to the to what someone studied. But then yet also again nowadays we have this thing of, you know, me I'm passionate about this, so I can't do this or this, this and that. It's not like you know, it's not it's not like back in the day, our parents for them though are very though are just very open minded. Us, it's just a thing of me. I want to be in accounting. I want to be a lawyer, or this, this, and that. And I need to work in this place. If not, I'm, you know, there's that thing of somewhat kind of. There's a portion of youths that are kind of lazy in a way that they will not take on anything. And I'm not saying that they should settle for less or take on just anything. But at a point whereby you need the money, you need some experience, because also there's that thing. When we get out of campus, we don't have the experience. So you need to find an entry-level job. And entry-level jobs are not so many in this Uganda. Most of the jobs that will be advertised will be jobs where you need to have like two years minimum of experience in something. Then you must have like a professional course that you've added. Then you must have this. So there's also that issue is that we don't have so many entry-level. The education system needs to be reshaped. But I feel like it will take some time. It will take some good, good time. Because, I mean, it, it's I, I just feel like what I what are same things, but I, I think it will kind of help if they introduce things like um, entrepreneurial skills. Really, I think it will kind of bridge that gap if they could have those skills taught to uh, incorporated in the education system. It will help. I mean, I see. If you know, if they teach people uh, construction, all that stuff, so someone leaves high school when they know what to do, they don't need to 
you know, first go to uni, maybe they can advance, but with the knowledge they have, they are able to like create a business of their own, you know, and that's what I was talking about, the mentorship programs. At least if we had all these mentorship programs, um, enriching the youth's knowledge about certain things, you know, how to create a business, how to sustain a business, what you need, all that stuff. You know, people just like, I'm like, I'm going to start a business. They do not know what is needed. They do not know what it will take. So if all this could be worked on, and of course, if, if, if the old lads could also leave those positions for the young generation, it would make sense, but it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, Okay, let's go on the fun side of life. Um, let's talk about the entertainment and content content creation industry in Uganda. Um, mm. recently, w- one of the guys I follow most, uh, Raymond Kahuma, once said mm. that um, Uganda doesn't take content creation serious. That's why he literally moved to Kenya. And when you look at mm. uh, let's say the entertainment industry, now I've seen that there's excitement for Davido coming next year. Yeah, but we haven't got that breakout artist from Uganda who can maybe say transcend borders. It's very rare that even Diamond is even bigger than you know. He has a quite a fan base in Uganda. So what's lacking? First, first with the entertainment industry, what's lacking? Where's the music selling? How when it comes to the music, to be honest, most of the music is local. Hmm? And I'm not saying that, okay, there's a point, of course, like the Davidos, the Banner Boys, they sing in their native languages. Yeah, even on piano. We don't understand it. Even on piano, yes, it's... it's, um, But the thing with Amma Piano is what people don't understand is these guys push their music. They push their music. I'm an Amma Piano diehard, and I see the work that these guys put in. The only low budget thing with Ama Piano music is their music videos. You know, it's very low budget, but that no one cares because I don't think anyone watches music videos anymore. But let's say, for example, Ama Piano, we they're already like legends. Okay, I, I feel like the South African music has just had like a transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had the Brenda Fassies, the Mafiki Zolos. There was that era that was highly listened to and then you know there is house there is deep house there's soulful and now we have now transitioned to ama piano but now the thing with these guys is that they promote their song even before the song is released so you have a dj let's say in his set play like a small fraction of this song and everyone will just be like which song is this you know which song is Mm -hmm. this and they'll be waiting on the song and shortly after the song is released, or before it's even released, they've already created like a choreography to promote the song, right? So you have all these um, popular dancers coming up and they're creating these TikTok challenges. They're creating, the, you know, they're making these reels. So by the time the song is actually released, like officially released, so many people have been waiting to jump on the song. And it has already moved. It has already moved. Like everyone just be waiting. Oh my God, I can't wait for this release. You've seen it on TikTok. You've seen it on Instagram. Um, so by the time the song is released, the streams are really, really high because everyone has been waiting to listen to the origin. Like, because before they'll just be playing like, like a small fraction of the song, like, like a small segment of the song. So I feel like for them, they actually put in the work. And also 
they have a lot of support. I've not I've not been able to party in South Africa, but I don't think you're going to walk into a South African event and there's gonna be Afrobeat playing for like the whole event or like even half time by you no, know, it's gonna be their music, you know. They they love their music, they love their their DJs, you know, all that. So I and I think that is one of the things that lacks in Uganda. We do not appreciate our artists, that's number one. And then also at a certain point, the artists that speak to us, we really don't support them that much. For example, I do not know if, if Joshua Baraka held a concert. I don't think he would have half of like, Cricket, um, Cricket Ovo, I think should be the biggest, one of the biggest um, places we have where events are held. I don't think he would have like half of it filled. Why? Because there's a small fraction, like it's divided. Ugandans, um, how do I put it? We're divided. There's there's us who are learned and blah, 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 that listen to these artists who sing in English. And then there, there are those that listen to Alien Skin, for example, right? <laughs> so there's because of that, we are not one, we're not whole. It's it's kind of like an issue. So it kind of like divides the it divides the fan base. The fan base is very, very divided. So also a person like Alien Skin will remain that other side whereby all those other guys are the ghetto guys, the you know, and then now a person like Joshua Barker cannot appeal to them because they'll be like, What is this person singing? What is this? Even though he sang a song in Uganda, it just is not their song. And then now us we're this side. So a person like Alien Skin will never move, will never climb a ladder to even go and perform in a near nearby country. Do you understand? So I think that's also one of the things, the fan base being divided and also us not giving them enough support. Um, also, yeah, so I think that. And then what else? Also, I, I also feel like not the music doesn't speak to everyone, you know? I feel like there's, it doesn't speak to, which, which again, that's the whole, it brings me back to the same thing, the fan base being divided. Everyone kind of has, you know, because I feel like there are some people who are like, oh, Joshua Baraka will not make it. He'll die a dead, a sad end like Maurice Kiria because Maurice Kiria had come with a whole different, he came with a whole U-turn when it came to the music that was being consumed by Ugandans. I do not know what happened along the way, but yeah. But then I think he's, he's doing a good job. I think he's doing a good job and I love the fact that he's, in Uganda, it, it's sad that you can't rely on your own people. Like when you talked about Raymond Kahuma, it's sad mm-hmm. that you can't rely on your own people for like collabs for this. And also record labels are not really there. I think the only record the only record label we have is Swangs Avenue, I think, that is of substance, you know. But for them they also kind of understood the market that they deal with. So they have Azawi who speaks to mostly the corporate people, you know, the land people and all that stuff. All of the artists do that, but then you can't take Azawi to a crowd that Winnie Nwaji will speak to, you know? There's there's that difference, you know? They also realized the kind of crowd they're dealing with and then also kind of they promote their artists in that way. Yeah, so I feel like, I don't know if I've highlighted the, pro- the major issues properly. I think that that is the major reason. And also so effort. Effort also sometimes, effort, 
I mean, I feel like there's a time Bebeko had actually harnessed East Africa. Actually, a person like Chameleon, because I was watching this on the In My Opinion podcast, and that's where Bien was hosted. Bien was part of Southeast Soul, and he talks about how Kenyans love Chameleon so much, you know? I feel mm-hmm. like they kind of reached there. Bebeko, Chameleon, Bobby Wine, in their era of when they were still making music, they kind of reached, they kind of went across borders at least, at least. But these new ones, ah, it's kind of tough. It's really, really tough. And also fans. Fans. It's it's not easy. It's not easy making music, having good writers. The entertainment entertainment industry is not really funded by the government that much. It's really not. So it becomes hard. You know, you have to get all that you have try to make music it's not working you, you know you're trying to push this or that it's it's kind of hard yeah well that's um that's kind of sad especially on the point that we ugandans don't like pushing our music um i had somewhere that uh you must pay the djs to play your song some club you must teach the djs to play your song and i was like oh really okay i i i i don't don't know about that, so I can't speak about that. But then again, I'd be shocked if um if that happens. To be honest, right now, most Ugandans, it's it's a thing of I'm by myself. What am I out to get? Like it's not a thing of we're uplifting one another. Mm. Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked if certain DJs were like, let me do this. And also, it's also because these DJs know that the crowd that I'm playing for is not interested in this song. You understand what I mean? So they'll be like, ah oh, man, I mean this crowd. You know, they listen to Afrobeat, they listen to my piano, they listen to all these other genres of music, not the Ugandan ones. So they wouldn't really be willing to help. But um, I was at a radio station and we were, we're always recognized for supporting the entertainment industry, the music industry, Ugandan music in particular. We always get an award for that. We don't charge artists or this, this and that when it comes to playing their music. As long as their music meets the criteria, then we play their music. I mean, also, um, we, we, we play their music. So when it's, for, for radio stations, I know that they are supporting. I, I could speak for this particular one I was working at. I don't know how the rest do it, but at least we really try to promote Ugandan music. We really try to promote the artists. If they have concerts, sometimes we give them like some, like we used to give them like really nice deals. Let's say like a swap deal, like maybe you pay 50% and you know, because we're still a business. We're not doing it for free for everyone, but at least we'd give them that exception to, to promote, you know, to promote their music and all that stuff. So for the DJs, if it's been said, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's true, but I would not be shocked if it was true. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Um the and denotes throw more light on the content creation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. First of all, content creation is something that is very new, right? It's mm. very new and it's something that not everyone is yet to understand. And for me, it comes to generation. I think that Gen mm. Z's would be the ones to understand content creation very, very much, as opposed to the millennials. Our parents would not understand that. They are, first of all, struggling to keep up with this whole era, new eras of smartphones and this, this and that. And so they're not going to be in spaces like TikTok. They're not going to be in spaces like YouTube. They're not going to be on. And if they are, they are probably watching other things. You know, they are not that informed about 
you know, about uh, the content creation thing. So there's that. There's uh, there's not so much um, knowledge when it comes to certain generations, when it comes to the content creation space. But yet again, I feel like the content creation space in Uganda is failing because most content creators have, they don't, they haven't really defined the objective of their, uh, let's say, whatever podcast or YouTube channel or this, they yeah. really have not defined the objective. You don't see the purpose of, or what this person is trying to reach. You don't see it. You don't see the vision, right? That's one. Then two, because of that, there isn't a niche, you know, there's, there's isn't a target audience. So you just, they just like randomly put out videos, randomly do that. I mean, and, and not, not all, but I feel like most like, cause I, I'm, I, I do watch a lot of YouTube channels. I do um, uh, follow so many podcasts and listening and all that stuff. And there are very few that stand out to me. You know, there are very, very few that stand out to me because for me, I feel like um, they have actually tried to define that. So I think there's also that. And yeah, I mean, people understanding the content is also one of the major things. For example, um, Raymond Kahuma's content. I do watch Raymond Kahuma's uh, YouTube channel. It wouldn't, uh, one of the reasons I said, uh, I, I feel like it wouldn't work out is because the target audience, hmm? it's no, it's like us. And to be honest, I just, and I'm not saying that we don't add value, but we, we wouldn't add so much value because it's a small fraction. It's a small fraction. Mm -hmm. And you guys just have this thing of they will hype you, they will hype you. Then after that, they will just forget about you because they have other things that, that, are, that are taking their minds and they have other things that you know what. And then also there's an, there's an like events or certain programs that bring content creators together so that they can share knowledge, share information, mm -hmm see what to do about this and that and i think that's something that kenyans are doing kenyans really uplift themselves so much i follow so many kenyans um youtube channels but they'll make sure that they host one another to promote their channels you know to to uplift themselves here in everyone is on their own that and that me this is my opinion and this is what i see i don't say that it's the gospel truth but this is you know they those that are doing really well, they have numbers of followers, like quite a number of follow them, but they're not going to say, okay, let's uplift so -and -so. Let's do a collab with so-and-so, which Kenyans are doing. But then also Kenyans have defined what they are talking about. For example, I listened to the um, TMI podcast, KE. That's like one of my favorites. They have, when they started out their podcast, they say that they talked about there because it's two ladies, Lydia KM and Murugi Muni. They say that one of the reasons they started out, the major reason was because they wanted to be a big sister to someone. Because while growing up and experiencing all that they've experienced, they did not have someone to give them the advice or share knowledge or, you know, do this. And you actually see it in their content. You see their vision come mm -hmm. to light, the content they put out. And also consistency consistency one will disappear after months like you've really forgotten about them then they come back it, it becomes very hard to stay relevant in an industry when you're not consistent like for example tmi makes sure they put out an episode every wednesday of the week 
if they're going off and they're going on a break, they'll make sure to communicate that we are not going to be shooting episodes at this time, blah, 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 blah. So you know, you're keeping up with them. You're actually keeping up with them. And you know, okay, this guy said they're not going to shoot in two months. So you wait for your two months. You know, at two months, I'm not going to be listening to anything. And then after two months, they're going to come. They have a structure. They have series. For example, we're on marriage series or we're on this series or we're on this series. They have, you know, so everything is well put out. They have a production team. They have, you know, there's there's so much um, a purpose that you really see. There's a lot of effort, which, of course, we, you know, not so many Ugandan content creators do. And, of course, there's that issue of the funds of, you know, it becomes kind of hard. But um, I, I believe there's, there's also that. There's that issue that we're facing in the Ugandan content industry. So even just because people do not want to support, but it kind of becomes hard to remain relevant if you're not putting in the effort, if you're not being consistent, if you don't have an objective, if, if you're not seeing, you know, one day you're here doing this, the other day you're here doing that, it kind of becomes a, like, how am I going to put two and two together? And then also, there's less edutainment in the industry. And for me, as edutainment is more of like, educational and and also entertaining but this is personal to me because at a at a point i started listening to all these podcasts and all that for me i was just looking for self-development so i was looking for something that can educate me and also keep me entertained at the same time so most content creation of course depending on what someone is into most is just you know get to know us okay and then we get to know you and then what or you know, you know, it 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 just becomes really hard, kind of like to put up and remain hooked to most of these content creators. Wow, wow, that has been a nice, nice, nice analysis. Wow. Um, just now I'm going to my next, and that is my point on feminism. Um, just mm. asking you this question, straightforward. Are you a feminist? Mm. Do you believe in feminism? <laughs> so, back in that day. <laughs> Back in that day, I wouldn't, I, um, I wouldn't call myself a feminist. And it's because feminism has lost track. Yeah? We have deviated from the intention, you know, or the main goal of feminism, which was to uplift women, to create equal um, op- opportunities, you, you know, to create more spaces for women, you know, all that, all that that feminism deals with. And now we went to um, hating men, you know, hating men, you know, being free with our bodies in courts, in courts and allowing nudity and prostitution and all these things and and calling them, you know, shielding them into the word feminism and women empowerment and body positivity. Um, So for a long time, I just did not want to be called a feminist because when you say I'm a feminist, people would, because there's that radical feminism, people would automatically think you're one of those women or you're that type of woman. So for the longest time, I was like, "Ah, I'm not feminist. But then I was just like, no, I think it's okay to call myself a feminism because I still stand for the values or for the, the intention that feminism came with i still stand for those values i still want to uplift women because i mean again at the end of the day women are not even by far close to even reaching that goal as we speak right now even with all the little effort that was put put uh, that was that was injected in this whole uh, movement 
So I still stand for those values. So yes, I would still call myself a feminism, but I stand to differ with the radical bit of it. I do not support any of that. Uh, it's very ridiculous, but to each their own. To each their own. Okay. Um, what message would you tell, let's say you have a daughter, what message did you tell your daughter growing up? First of all, I would tell my daughter to, to work hard for herself. That's number one. Work hard for yourself, make your money as a woman. You know, I would empower her in all those things, you know, make sure she has attains quality education. But then also, do, I wouldn't, I would show her the, the goodness of certain things. For example, yes, people say men are trash, but not all men are trash, you know. So I would show her the goodness of all these things. But then again, I would still empower her to be the best version of herself, to work hard for herself, to have her own money, you know, to, to do all these things, to be a strong, independent woman. Sometimes it gets tiring being a strong, independent woman. But yeah, to, to do all that. Yeah, I think, I think that's, because that's a very broad, broad question, because it's kind of like unique. But that's that's as much as I'll tell her. Just be strong, independent, work hard, attain education. Don't sit there waiting on a man to come and save your life. You know, yeah, be the best version of yourself as you can. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, one of my my last questions to you would mm. be um. Okay, now we have highlighted and. On, on the entertainment, society, Ugandan society, but it's a pivotal aspect of the Ghanaian society, especially we in our age group, and that's relationship. Mm. And there's always that seems to be that, how do I say, that struggle, as in mm. there are those that see it as commitment type, like we did this marry, and there are those that have the free lifestyle and there's always clashing the traditional values of relationships that are on our religious values, the modern mm. world. Mm. <clears throat> it's just a lot. It's messy. Um so yeah. how do you describe a perfect relationship? Yes, Lucy. Okay. A healthy one. A healthy one. Okay. Um before I even describe that, let me kind of like share why I think most of our relationships in our edge group, edge bracket, whatever, are messy is because communication. Communication is one of the things that is lacking and that has caused all that. And then because you don't communicate with someone, you're on a different page and then they're actually on a whole different book of something else. And people are scared to say these things. People are scared to say, you know what? Um, me as me, I, I don't think that I'm looking for a long-term relationship or I'm looking for this, this and that. They're scared to say this. So they lead on someone and then someone gets hurt. And then after that, they transform their trauma to someone else. It's that for me, one of the reasons I think it's really, really messy is because of that. Of course, leaving out other things like being mature, blah, blah, blah. But for me, I would describe a perfect relationship as a healthy relationship, not perfect, because there's nothing that's perfect. We're all a work in progress, but one that has an intended goal. Like both of you have come together in this relationship and you have an intended goal. Is it going to be short term? Is it going to be long term? If it's long term, are we looking at marriage? All these things need to be communicated because I feel like we are out of that era, kind of out of that era whereby 
like our parents would be in a relationship, they know the next thing is to get married. Nowadays, the people who are like, me, I don't want to get married in church, but I would prefer to stay with this person. Yeah. So I feel like if there's that communication and both of you have a goal that you're working towards, it's kind of like becomes easy to work towards it. Like both of you know that, okay, this is where we, we're supposed to head. So let's follow the same route. Let's work, put in the work and all that. Then also um, having the same beliefs, sharing the same beliefs for me is also one of the things, you know, it shouldn't be entirely, but at least you should have some things in common, you know? Um, I mean, because most of the issues that come up, like, let's say even in marriages is because you, let's say um, some you married from like a different tribe and then you did not even do like your due diligence on some of like their cultural practices. And now they tell you that, oh, we have to go to the village to do this. And now you're like, no, me, my child, I'm not going to do this. And then it becomes a whole issue and it becomes it becomes something that should could have been avoided if both of you kind of like had certain beliefs in common that you shared and like maybe you also knew or you did your due diligence to see that, okay, we're going to do away with this, we're not going to do away with this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then also for me, um, like I said, communication, unhealthy communication, not just you know saying whatever but healthy communication for me is key for example um babe i'm busy today i'm going to be able to talk to you let's talk later on in the evening rather than staying the whole day you've not spoken to someone and by those are tiny tiny things but those are things that actually cause quite a lot of scuffles in relationships or um me, I, 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 you know, I feel this way about something like this. You did this, and I, you know, it kind of made me feel like this. You know, all that, like having that healthy communication in a relationship. Yeah, for me, those are the three things that stand out for me. That I feel like, you know, because every relationship is unique; it's, it's their own unique situation. But for me, these are the three things that I feel like are kind of generic, like general. Yeah, I was once having a, a conversation with someone um, mm. with a guy and was telling me the reason why time relationships have arguments is because nowadays the girls have become big headed. They don't want to <laughs> they think they're also lions in the den also. So there's always clashing. So what's your point on it? I mean I mean I feel like there there's women that do that. I cannot say that there's women that don't do that, women don't do that, blah, blah. There's women that do that. But at a certain point, it's also about looking at the kind of man they are with. Let's be honest. We have so many feminine men in this day and era. And if you're a feminine man, I do not see why you're going to complain because that femininity in you is going to bring out the masculinity in that woman because you are not allowing her bask in her femininity. So she's you're going to have issues like that. And now we have women who work for their money, they make their money. You're not going to say nothing to disrespect them or to do this when you're not being the provider. And that's the thing. We are failing to also define these things, you know, because the era has kind of changed. Yes, we are failing to define what it should be. Me, 100%, I want a masculine man, 100% masculine, right? I'm not a 50-50 person. I'm not one. I want him to do what God called him to do. And that's why for me, I stated clearly that I'm Christian because I believe that these things will, these things only 
um, make, make sense to Christian men because they know what they're supposed to do, right? You know, you're, you're supposed to be the man, be the provider, be the one that is taking care, be the one that is the, the one that will keep us secure, all that stuff. And as a woman, I also have my roles that I will, you know, do. So this whole conversation is because we are having, can you do that? Can you do this? And I'm not saying that it's wrong for a woman to like treat her man and do all these things. I don't think people should misquote me, but when it comes to like dating in the dating space, I feel like men are failing on that. They're failing so much on that one. You know, you take, you, you want to impress this lady and you, you, you're taking her out and then she has to pay for herself. And I'm just like, friend, you are the one who invited her. So after she becomes big headed, then you have an issue with it. But it started with you from the beginning. Me, I think most of these issues are being facilitated by men not actually being masculine enough to handle the responsibilities they're supposed to take care of. Wow, that's a strong point. Eh? Yes, yes. You've hit it. You've hit the the nail by the hammer. Mm? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a changing. I, I feel like it's very hard to, I feel like it may be hard for me to kind of, you know, because they say, there's this saying that um, a lady will either choose a man that's away from her dad or like her dad, right? Depending on yeah. the relationship. Yeah. And for me, I'm just like, I see how my dad takes care of us at home and how he takes care. He stands on business, you know, really stands on business. And I'm just like, which generation of men, the men that we're dealing with nowadays, will they be able to do this? You know, will they be able? They are crying. They are doing this, and I'm, and I'm just like, shall we be able to handle all this? Like it, it's 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 harder. It's not like our parents' times were by. They knew men knew what to do. Women knew what to do, and now it's it's now a thing of ah. Uh, uh, you know, the gender roles now, there's that debate of gender roles and all that stuff. But me, I always tell myself, if my man is doing what he's supposed to do, I don't see what's wrong with me being the one that has to prepare the meals and take care of the home. There's no issue with that. But then, of course, we have these empowered women in courts that feel that, I mean, you know, but... That's a story for another day. That's a story for another day. <laughs> okay. There's, there's this question that, that, that has popped up in me. So judging by your description of um, gender roles, feminine man here and there, mm. you, that means naturally you can't date a mommy's boy. Let's say a last boy, a last boy. I mean, I don't, I don't care what order of, but I really don't care, but be a man. Be a man. Let me be a woman. Please. I really I mean if you're being you're a mother's boy and I, I can't deal with mother's um mother's boys. I just can't deal with those ones. But if you are, you know, if you if you if you know what you're supposed to do, treat me nice, take care of me, let me be the woman, let me be let me bask in my femininity, let me not be there having to be the one to be where about certain things or like oh my god that guy is so spoiled i now have to be the one to hustle and take it to the mechanic and start making negotiations i don't even know where the oil filter is or this is and that just because for you you chose that your mother will do everything for you now i have to be the one to baby you i can't deal with that honestly i cannot deal with that yeah i would want 
meant to be men. And I, and I honestly believe that. So many men want that. I, I, these ones that are, you know, um, thing they say, um, I, what, what, I don't, I'm forgetting how they say it, but there's just that thing of like men are like, oh, you need to be or be in touch with your feminine side, what not. Mm, mm, true, true. <laughs> how long are you gonna be feminine inside, my brother? How long? You know, it, it, it kind of, mm, it does not for me. I just feel like it's okay for me. I feel like being in touch with your feminine side for men should be a thing of it's okay to feel a certain type of way. If you're having some issues, talk to someone. Don't die with your problems, you know? Don't be mm. afraid to share that you're dealing with a certain problem because they're going to shame you, you know? For me, I feel like that's a thing that most men ignore, but because we also don't create a safe space for them as women, to be honest, but I feel like they should be allowed the space they should be given the time you know listen to taken care of rather than having to deal with their own problems by themselves nice and, nice one more <laughs> one more yeah. that um mm. is age a factor for you what does it really matter in relationships in general um age difference age difference that one I, I feel like i'll be a very controversial person when it comes to this aspect but for me, I would say yes, mostly if depending on the goals that you have as a person, right? Mm. For example, mm. for me, if I'm looking at marriage, I will most definitely not, I wouldn't prefer to be with someone who is my same age. Why? We're both struggling. Mm. You're also struggling as a person. I'm also struggling as a person. I have my needs. You have your needs it kind of becomes hard for us to meet each other in the middle because um, let, let me just put it in, let me just give an example. For example, starting out in the job industry, if you get a job that pays you 1.5, starting out gross, when you your first job, 1.5 gross, you have like, let's say other benefits, you know, health insurance, whatnot. That's a fairly good job, right? Mm. but how much is rent in Kampala for you to get a really nice place even 600 is cheap at a certain point it's the most affordable that you would get right mm. then you put on bills you put on these other responsibilities transport whatnot I feel like it will be hard for us to reach that goal when we are on the same level for me that is why I wouldn't when I wouldn't prefer for people who are seeking out to marry you know their same age bracket and I just feel like there's a lot of struggle which I also feel like we're not well equipped to handle in our generation it's not like our parents it's different it's kind of really different and back then our parents the money had value then there was also a support system you know Back in the day, your grandfather, like grandfathers had like land. So, you know, you're going to marry, they give you like a portion of land. You start from there. Nowadays, it's different. It's really, really different. Mm. It has really. So, but then if it's like relationship wise, I honestly feel like it can work out as long as the person is mature. For me, it's more of the maturity than how old the person is. Yeah. So, because there are people who will be like, ah, me, I'm, me, I'm going to get 30 year old, blah, 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 all that stuff. But when they are kids, when they are still, I don't know, the ones that have to sleep in bars, the ones that are not financially disciplined, all that stuff. And yet you'll meet someone who is like your age, 
but they have financial discipline. They are mature enough. They know what they want. They are working, you know, they are on top of their game. So for me, it's more of a maturity thing than age. Yeah. Okay. Um, My last question for this amazing interview, I really liked it so much, would be, what would be your advice to the youth in Uganda? And what makes you proudly Ugandan? Oh, let me start with what makes me proudly Ugandan. First of all, the people in Uganda, because Ugandans are so nice. Mm-hmm. They are really nice people, really hospitable people. You know, of course, I'm excluding the bad side of things, yeah? But Ugandan is <laughs> you know? And it, at some point, it kind of made me feel a certain type of way when when you know this this uh gay bill was passed and you know now it's a whole law and we don't associate with anything to do with LGBTQIA, whatever. And we were like, oh my god, Ugandans are so homophobic, blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, Ugandans really do not care. Because I've been in spaces whereby I've seen gay people and no one is bothered. Like no one is bothered, no one is going to come and shame you, no one's going to come and abuse you. Zero. So, you know. Ugandans are really just freestyle people. They are happy people. We're always on vibes, you know. Um, um, recently, I, there's a friend of mine who lives outside Uganda and he was around. And, you know, we'd go out and then he'd be like, you know, it was a Sunday. We had gone for brush. He'd be like, Ugandans are a different breed. Like, tomorrow is a working day. But, you know, people are out. People are enjoying themselves. People are, you know. So, that I, I just love that I love the people of Uganda we're very happy we're very nice people and I love that second of all the food Uganda we have food we have food lots and lots of food I love that because it's not like you know the people who come to Uganda like oh my god I miss my okay oh my god I need this or I did this you know other countries only have like plantain and that's it but us we have food I don't think um okay hunger strikes could be there in like areas that like maybe northern Uganda because of that terrain and uh, you know all that, but like most areas, most people have food. Hunger is not really such an issue, a big big issue. And I'm not saying it's not there, but it's not like a major issue. And then of course, um, the security. And I'm not saying that oh my god, we're the most secure, but you know, our Ugandan army does the best to make sure that they protect us. Of late, there've been some issues with terrorism. But we we are not a war zone country, you know. We are not, you know. It's not every day you hear that. Oh my God, the, in this part of Uganda, you know, this is happening. You know, you know. It's it's kind of like secure a bit, you know, a bit. You know, there's that security. It's not one hundred percent like certain countries. Like for example, in Chigali, you can walk at three a.m. and you're not going to be bothered, but at least when it comes to certain things. We have a good army. The police tries. It tries tries a bit, but yeah, everything has its loopholes. But at least I feel I I I I I kind of do feel secure. If I keep myself safe, if I'm not putting myself in a compromising situation, then yeah. Then also the level of development. And me I'm considering I'm comparing with other African countries. I'm not saying, you know, but for me to be able to go to the mall, there's a cinema, there's all these things. There's, you know, there are some countries that don't have much to offer. And I'm not bashing them, but I have a friend who is like in Congo right now. And he's like, well, there's not so much. There's not so much. But us, there's a lot, you know. There's, there's you know, 
hospitals, you know, if you're initially working with a private sector, then you're good to go. And I'm really happy to be speak, speaking from that point of privilege that, you know, I can access medical care, I can access quality education, and yeah. And then, of course, the nightlife. The nightlife is everything in Uganda. Whoever has never, whoever has not come to Uganda to experience the nightlife, they are sleeping on the job. They are really sleeping on the job. They come to Uganda, dedicate a weekend, make all the bad decisions. <laughs> but yeah, the nightlife is there for 100% on this one. 100%. And it cuts across all, every, every, every person in Uganda. You, you don't have to be rich to afford no 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 everyone has their car place that they go to it caters for all classes of people in uganda so yeah i'd say that yeah nice nice and your advice to the youth i'd only advise the youth to work on themselves self-development is very key self-development and to seek therapy if they can yeah but for me i feel like like we're sleeping on the job as ugandan youths I mean, there's a point in time whereby I had to like classify my friends because I was doing all this self-development. I was learning all these things and I couldn't be in a space whereby I was not being judged for the kind of person that I am because for them, mm. they're in a job. All they think about is party, 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 and that's it. And if you brought up something like to have a, a conversation of substance, you'll be looked at as a person who is stressing them. And I feel like we are not growing any younger. So self-development, a lot of self-development. We need to invest in ourselves. Not everything our parents need to have taught us or we need to learn from school. But investing in yourself, uh, fitness, if it comes to fitness, if it comes to, you know, enhancing your knowledge about certain things, taking extra courses, doing all this, like standing on business, as they say. I think as Ugandan youth, we need to do that. Then also, I talked about therapy. Probably let's go to therapy. Mm. I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I actually want to start going for sessions. Not that I need therapy because, like I said, I do some inner work on myself, by myself, but also to kind of throw more light and help me in certain traumas, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, and to stop overpartying, but I'm like, ah, Ghanans, over <laughs> too much. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Thank you so much, Lucy. I've loved this conversation. I've loved this conversation. Thank you so, so, so much.